Thanks for joining us this Tuesday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message today is called Return to the Lord. It's found in Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 27. And we'll begin reading with verse 1. It says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like the dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor ever will be in the ages to come. Before them fires devour, behind them flames ablaze. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them a desert wasteland. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like a cavalry, with a noise like the chariots. They leap over the mountaintops like crackling fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up against for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face will turn pale. They will charge like warriors. They will scale the walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not joust each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through the defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the walls. They climb into the houses. Like thieves, they enter through the window. Before them, the earth shakes. The sky trembles. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of the army. His forces are beyond number. And mighty are those who obey his commands. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and, abund and abounding in love. He, re he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offering and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children, those nursing, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of your scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. The Lord will reply to them, I am sending you grain and new wine and oil to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object 
of scorn to the nations. I will drive the northern armies far from you, pushing it into the parched and barren land, with its frontal columns going into the eastern sea, and those in the rear into the western sea. And its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Be not afraid, O land, be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the open pastures are becoming green again. Trees are bearing fruit once again, and a fig tree and a vine will yield their great riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains. In righteousness, he sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before. The threshing floor will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust, the young locust, and the other locust, and the locust swarm. My great army I, that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat you, until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am your Lord, your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the prophet Joel. We want to thank you for what you did for the nation of Israel. Lord, yesterday we talked about responding to a crisis and the nation of Israel faced it, or the nation of Judah and Israel faced it, a, a great enemy, an enemy that was without number. They couldn't count them, but they lost everything in chapter one. In chapter two, well, in chapter one, back up, chapter one, we see where he was calling them to repentance. He says, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from all the Almighty. You know, we think of that and we say, man, that's got to be scary. But we think of God, he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's in control of everything. So nothing is impossible for him. But he was calling Israel and Judah, the people of Israel, to repentance. Just like he calls you and I to repentance today. Well, chapter 2, he reminds them, you must return to the Lord. It's not just about repenting, it's about changing your heart and your mind. There's a saying that says, in order to get roses, we must first go through the thorns. You ever see a rose bush, how pretty they are? But just to be able to cut one rose, you have to go through the thorns. It hurts when you get stuck by a thorn. But the prophet Joel, in these first two chapters, is hard to understand. 
but roses are found. There are many, many thorns if we want to look at it this way. But many roses are found in the form of God's promises to them. He told them the day of the Lord is near. And he was telling them never again would his people be made fun of or would be a scapegoat. Never would they be conquered again like that. God had many great promises and we'll read in Joel and we're going to read some in Revelation and then tomorrow we'll talk about Joel chapter 3. But you know, because God loves us, the Father disciplines us when we wander from Him. And you know, we think of that and we say, well, that's not fair. But if you let a child keep doing the wrong thing, how will they learn if you don't set guidelines or or discipline them to teach them right from wrong? You know, some say today that you know, discipline is out. It doesn't matter. But the writer's telling us here, Israel faced, the people of Judah faced a major foe. They lost everything. They were at the bottom of the barrel. Rock bottom. These warnings that we see in the scripture are God's last resort to bring the people back into true repentance. He wanted a heart relationship with them, not one empty with rituals. You know, we can do all rituals, there are all kinds of things, but God wants our heart. He wants all of us, not something done on the outside, something repetitious. So as we read this chapter, we too are faced with a heart with the question of the heart. A pastor once said, he said, sometimes we need circumcision of the heart. We need that cutting away, that cutting away to get down to this new heart, cutting away of all the bad, cutting away of the old. We see that and we say, but pastor, you know, but God wants us to serve him sometimes outwardly, but he wants us to serve him from the heart. Everything we do for the Lord should come from the heart. But Israel was getting, or Israel was going through a very tough time. We think of the locust, we think of all this you know, he's giving these vivid pictures like we talked about yesterday, about this mighty army and the warriors. They stood, they charged like warriors, they scaled the walls like soldiers. They all marched in line, not swerving off their course. There's a song that says, uh, I'm in the Lord's army. And you know, we are in the Lord's army in a sense when we think about that because God has everything under control God is still in control of everything there's nothing God can do he can call up a legion or uh, an army of warriors and soldiers even today he calls us up as Christians 
to stand our ground when things aren't right. Stand up for those that are being exploited. Stand up to help the less fortunate. He talks about how they plunge through the defenses. They rush upon the city. They run along the wall. They climb into the houses like thieves. They enter through the window. Before them the earth shakes and the sky trembles. The sun and the moon are darkened and the stars no longer shine. Can you imagine that? No moon, no sun, no stars, total darkness. The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number, and mighty are those who obey his commands. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? But verse 12 tells us something very important today. It says, Even now, declare the Lord. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. We think about that Said, well, what's that have to do with us today? He's calling his church back. He's calling the people that are calling themselves Christian that are living like the world. They're not set apart for service. Their lives, their families, their situations are no different than the world. But he's telling there, he was reminding Judah, return to me with all your heart. That means leave everything. Leave it all behind. Leave the sins behind. Weeping. We think of weeping, we think of crying, but weeping is, is profusely crying. It's water just coming out and sorrow and saying, oh, okay, Lord, forgive me. Fasting. You know, some people can't fast because of medical conditions or taking medicine. But we think about this fasting. Sometimes we can go without a meal. And I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just saying... He called for a fast here and for truly weeping and mourning, asking God to forgive you for disobedience. But we must return to him with all our hearts. It says, rend your heart and not your garments. It's saying, make sure it's true repentance from the heart and not just something from the mind. You know, I often think when we have altar calls in our churches today, how many people go forward because of an emotional experience or because someone else wants them to, but they never truly make a genuine professional faith in Christ? They did it because somebody else. But it says, return to the Lord your God. He is gracious. God's grace is sufficient. His unmerited favor. He's compassionate. His love abounds, and he's slow to anger. Boy, we could learn a lesson about that. Do we extend grace to people? Are we compassionate for the less fortunate? Are we slow to anger when somebody gets us upset? Do we abound in the love, the love of Christ today? 
says he relents from sending calamity. So God already sent the locusts. Now he's, he's going to bring them back into the fold. He's going to bring them back. He's, he's talking about, he said, who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind the blessing of grain offering and drink offerings for the Lord your God. He said, blow the trumpet in Zion. I like that. He started out in the beginning. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. That's what we need to hear today. Just like blowing the trumpet here in verse 15 of Joel chapter 2. It says, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate. Call a consecrate assembly. Gather the people, consecrate the assembly. Bring the elders, gather the children who are nursing at the breast. Let the bride leave his room and the bridegroom her chambers. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? It's a question mark there. It's reminding us God is going to redeem the nation of Israel. How many times did he redeem them? Many, many of the prophets professed the day of the Lord is at hand. It was their way of reminding them that God had the final say. Everybody was called to humble themselves before God. They were called to fast, to come together as in one accord, individually as well as corporately. Someone else cannot confess for you when you can't confess for someone else. We have to do that individually as we talked about yesterday and as we're talking about today. But we can come together corporately and call upon God. Ask him to spare the people. Here he was talking about, they're talking about the inheritance. For us as Christians, we have, we have the hope of eternal life. Israel is being restored there as God's chosen people. And we can be restored. We see what the Lord did in verse 19. The Lord will repay them. The Lord will reply to them. He was repaying them. He, is, he says here, I am sending you grain, new wine, oil enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of the nations. And then it goes on and goes on and goes on, talking about the fruit-bearing trees, the fig tree and the vine trees yielding their riches talking about the autumn rains, the abundant showers in autumn and in spring. The threshing floor will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Verse 25 says, I will repay 
you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust, the young locust, other locusts, and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat. It's a promise from God he would provide until you are full. He'll give you what you need. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. And never again will my people be ashamed or ashamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. We think about this today. Do we praise God when he brings us through the valleys of life, the storms, the crisis situations? Do we praise him for the wonders that he did? Have you ever been through something that's impossible? And you think about it and you say, Well, Lord, you know, it had to be you. There's nothing I could do, nothing I could say. It was beyond my control. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 2, 3, or Revelation chapter 1, I apologize, verses 4 through 8, John says to the seven churches in the province of Asia, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be, be a part of his kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. He tells us in verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come. I am the Almighty. That's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. And let's look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Amen. We think of the story of the story of Revelations chapter 2 and 3, talking about the seven churches. It was giving them the truth about repenting. Get back to your first love. Get back to who, whom you serve. We must remember the Lord must be first in all things. What's taking place of God today? What's in control of your life today? Is there something that's taken precedent over God? We must remember that the Lord is in control. So we're called to return to him today.
A trumpet will blow in Zion one day. It will sound an alarm on the holy hill. It's a reminder for us today. He says in Joel chapter 2, verse 1, said, Let all those who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. Such vivid pictures, things that have never happened before, will happen. But think about it today. God wants our whole heart. It's a question of the heart. You must have a heart relationship with God than an empty ritual, just going to church on Sunday, saying a prayer when we're in trouble. We must live it, breathe it. Someone said, oh, will you be holier than thou? It's kind of a mockery in a sense, but you know, we don't have to do things on the outside. It's what's inside that comes out. If we look at the world today, how much comes out that is not of God. God is calling us to repentance. And God can restore us today. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Joel chapter 2 is quite a vivid picture of destruction of your great army. But one day the eastern sky is going to crack open and it will all be said and done. Like the hymn writer says, uh, the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll. The trump will resound and you will descend to come and get your church, the body of believers. So Lord, we pray for those that don't know you as their personal savior today, that today can be that day. Lord, our heart is burdened for the lost. All we have to do is look around and we're reminded how lost the world is. I'm reminded of my own country in America, of how things are going astray, how people are going astray. But the Bible tells us that we're called to fast. We're called to pray, to weep, to confess, and be restored. Say, Pastor, how is that possible? But the Bible tells us what he did for the nation of Israel in Joel chapter 2. He restored them. He brought back the many years. He says in verse 25, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust, the young locust, the other locust, and the locust swarm. Who sent them? It says there in the scripture, my great army that I sent among you. As we said, God has control of everything. God knows. He used the prophet Joel to call the nation of Judah to repentance. Today, we use this podcast as a message to call God's people to repentance. 
Does it mean that you're a sinner? No. But sometimes we've, we as Christians have done our own thing. It's time that we stop. We fast. We take time to reflect. Take time to, to weep, to mourn. I'm praying for a great revival among the Christians. It's happening in America and places around the world. I ask God to fan the flames so revival fire will begin and will continue. Scripture tells us, if my people who are called by my name will humble thyself and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their prayers. I will answer them. It's what it's all about, folks. It's why we do the podcast. It's to get the message of hope. Not only to non-Christians, but to Christians also. The message that God can restore. Verse 27 tells us in Joel chapter 2, it says, Then you will know that I am in Israel, and that I am your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be ashamed. God knows And he's your God and my God today. He is the only God. Oh, we pray for those that don't know you as their personal Savior. Today can be that day. It's as easy as confessing your sins, believing and having faith and finding a Bible-believing church. It's that simple. We've got all these big words for salvation and how to be saved and how to do it this way and that way. And it's very simple. Acknowledge, confess, acknowledge, believe, and walk in the newness of life. So Lord, we just want to thank you for today's message. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for those that will make a profession of faith today that you will send someone along their path that will help them in their walk, that will disciple them, that will teach them the Word of God. Lord, we pray for nations that need healing. I pray for the church today that needs healing. The church needs healing today, if ever, in the history. It's so fractured. It's in such shambles. Sure, we have ornate buildings, but Lord, those buildings are buildings. They're not the body of Christ. It's the believers. Lord, only through true repentance can we see a revival today. So Lord, we ask for your touch upon our hearts and our minds today. Give us a fresh and a new. We want to thank you and praise you in all that we say and do. And help us to be an encouragement to someone today. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us today on Tuesday on Hope for Today. 
And tomorrow we will continue with Joel chapter 3, entitled The Day of the Lord. And this is going to be an interesting one. So thank you, God bless, and have a great day. Pastor Doug Solomon. Thank you.